0: is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North. KSTP AM 1500.
1: The following is a presentation of financial crisis recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions but there is a way to achieve it for the next 60 minutes you're going to find out how to cover your assets cover your assets now here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength Tom Rooker good morning everyone
2: another amazing astounding episode of Cover Your Assets. In all honesty, folks, I really am excited about today's show. Uh, we talk so much about knowing your numbers and I so frequently say to be successful financially, you must become a numbers person. And I mean that sustainably. I mean, if you want, you know, I'm aware, as probably some of you, people who are flash in the pans, and they sell their business, and they make a lot of money, and then five years later, they invest in another business, and they lose it all. Well, oftentimes, the reason for that is that they never really understood the numbers of the business. They might have created some amazing product or been in the right place at the right time, but sustainably... They didn't know how to look at things purely from a numbers perspective. And I'm telling you it's very important. So today, in another uh episode, uh uh which is by the way the end of each month with Village Bank, I have president of Village Bank, Alicia Webb. And today, we're gonna be going through something that is infinitely valuable I have no doubt that I will be using the podcast with many of my clients to make my meetings with them more productive and give them uh, a good context so that we can have more meaningful conversations and that's what we intend to provide here in the form of content so specifically what does that mean it means we're going to be going through the balance sheet, or through the income statement and the balance sheet we're going to be walking through it now most of you business owners maybe you do or maybe you don't have a software program that you you use for your business. I hope that you do, but even if you do, you know, QuickBooks, FreshBooks, whatever it happens to be, but when you look at the numbers, what do you see? And remember that that's your perspective. Today, we're going to be talking about not only what these different numbers mean and what they relate to, but we're also going to be talking about how do those very same numbers look to a bank or financial institution in terms of whether or not you are in a position to get a loan and financing and whether they think you're strong enough to have the capacity to make payments in the future. So that's what this show is about. So Alicia, sorry for the long-winded uh, start here. Welcome to the show.
3: Uh, thanks, Todd. I am so excited to be back today. And wow, after the last show... We had an incredible outpouring of entrepreneurs that were looking for advice, looking for a good bank that had their back. So, thank you so much.
2: <laughs> and of course, you're that bank. Of course, you are. Of
3: course, our village. Is.
2: Absolutely. And uh, and and, folks, you know, I I said this last time. I'll say it again. This is a very much a relationship bank. They do loans by committee. The standardized, you qualify or you don't. Uh, your credit score is or your or it isn't. That's really not. the the same thing with a bank like, like The Village. The Village has has a group of people who are going to look at you from a personal perspective. They're going to value the relationship, and they're going to make those decisions differently than the bigger banks. And, and in all honesty, when you're doing business, uh, I, you may love Wells Fargo and, and U.S. Bank, and those are great banks, and I don't want to say anything negative about them. But if you're going to do business, you want somebody who understands your business, and the small banks, uh, they're the ones that do it, and Village just in that area so that's why i just love having alicia on and working with the team at village so we're going to start and just uh real quick drop back to what we had last week which was to just remind you that there is probably still an opportunity to get a ppp loan and what should they do to take advantage of that with you Alicia.
3: Absolutely. So go to villagebankonline.bank and you'll see a big PPP on there. You'll go, you'll click on that. You can go right there. You can submit online, get approved online. Everything works. All the directions are there. Um, also 7A loans. Let's not forget to talk about that right now. If you close before the end of September, six months of payments are made by the SBA. And so this is a game changer. You can do a 7A on real estate equipment, uh, equity. It's a game changer for businesses right now.
2: Guys, it's huge. I I hope you caught what she said. The SBA is not going to say you don't have to make payments. They're going to make your payments for you. And the money that is going to make those payments, you will not even pay income taxes on the money that they gave to the lenders on your behalf during that six month period of time. Absolutely huge. Given today's astoundingly low interest rates. Given the hiatus of six months and the benefits I just described, if there has ever been a time to turn lemons into lemonade, it is right now. So, uh, you know, when you, when you do fill out the inf- the uh, documentation to apply for a PPP loan, you are simultaneously filling out the very same information that you might be filling out as it relates to a 7A. A little different, but very similar. So that's going to, that's going to take you down the road. If that's something you have an interest in, and I recommend highly you get in contact with Village Bank. Again, how do they get a hold of Village Bank?
3: villagebankonline.bank uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, you can reach out, uh, 780-2100 lots of different ways to reach out to us.
2: Alright, very good. So, uh, there, we we say this, and in fact, I think you said it last week, uh, and I've already said it once, know your numbers, know mm-hmm. your numbers, know your numbers. And what does that actually mean to people, is a question. What does that actually mean? Well, we're going to be talking about what that means. And, and you know, if you are Business owner, and if you seek to be more than simply an individual practitioner, and I'm not going to say that being an individual practitioner lets you off the hook, you still need to know these things. But if you have interest in growth and scale of your business, you're going to hear how. A financial institution like Village looks at you from an income statement perspective, from the perspective of even your tax returns, your balance sheet, all the things that will be requested of you when seeking financing. And your perspective and theirs might be very, very different. And I think if you're going to be successful, you need to understand what they see when they look at it. And Alicia is going to be kind enough to walk through that with us and talk about it. So when we refer to the concept of knowing your numbers, what does that actually mean?
3: Absolutely. So today, I think what we're going to talk about here is income statements, balance sheets, right? And I feel like this is lots of pressure because not everyone can know everything. And that's where I really want to start today is don't think that you have to go into the bank with all the answers. You're going into a bank to get some answers, too. And so if today we can kind of start with the income statement, we can move to the balance sheet, we can talk about how do bankers generally see your income statement and balance sheet how do you see it i think we can get to those answers a lot quicker um the one thing that we've been talking a lot about todd is what's the difference between that balance sheet and that income statement and one way it was described to me long long time ago was balance sheet is long-term goals balance sheet is where the business has been where the business is at And honestly, where the business can go based on how much debt do you have? How much equity in the business do you have? What's substantially there? And not there. What does the business have? Short term is that income statement. Where's the business? It's a snapshot of where the business is at today, right? So what are the expenses today? What is the revenue today? And where is the business at today? And that flows back to that balance sheet. What kind of equity do you have in the business? What kind of debt do you have in the business? Are you taking away? from the business, right? Are you losing money? Or are you putting, keeping that equity in the business?
2: Right, meaning paying yourself and taking advantage of lifestyle things, but then the business suffers in the form of cash flow as a result. So when we talk about those things, I'll just say income statement, balance sheet, the question of how you make your money, where you spend your money, and then future goals. And when we say future goals, we're talking about future goals for your business. Not, not future goals. As in, when I make more money, I'll take all the money and buy a lake home, or I buy a boat, or all. And and look, for for a lot of the people, Alicia, we talked about this, and I don't think you can emphasize it enough. Small business owners don't have business owner mindsets. They talk to employee people who who maybe fund their four hundred one k, maybe not, and everything they make above and beyond that. Obviously goes to enhance their lifestyle. And because they surround themselves with those people, they think the same way. So when they're making more money as a business, they've got money sitting in the business operating account that should be spoken for other things. But in fact, they're already have building designs on what they're going to do with that money personally. And as a result, small businesses stay small forever.
3: Absolutely. And let me say, so let me give you an example of that. So I've got a daughter that's only four years old. And so I say, okay, for the next 14 years, like I'm at Village, 14 years, I'm staying in the community, want my girls to graduate from where they're at, love it. I have a personal goal of 14 years but now i have to take that back to the business and say what do we do with the business to survive and thrive for four you know for those fourteen years and how do we continue what are the steps we have to take to get there so you might have a personal goal of buying a boat in five years that's great you know what how, what the boat is how much the boat is all that but now that what all that means is that that business has to pay that dividend or that salary to you in 5 years. Now you have to go back to your business and say how is your business going to do that? What's the strategies? What's the revenue lines? How can you make sure to keep expenses down so you can actually take that money from the business, right? It's not about I want a boat, so what does my business have to do? It's I have a personal goal of taking 50 grand out. How can the business do that? Right? It, and I want to stress here a boat taking 50 grand, 20 grand, whatever it is, that's not going to make your business more successful. <laughs> really? That, that's a one time, right? That money goes back. That boat probably isn't paying that money back to the business, right? And new revenue lines, et cetera. So, you know, the business isn't there to buy a boat, the business is there to have revenue lines. So
2: what we're really talking about is a measured approach to it. Yes. So where we say, when we make this money, we will allow ourselves to take this percentage, 10, 20, 30%, whatever it is. And it should always be measured in advance, not at the time. And so if you say today, in three years, I want to be able to do this thing, but I need to generate this much in profit. And then when I take from that, it will be such a small portion of it, as opposed to having a, having a predominant focus on lifestyle and everything you make is automatically goes into the personal bucket. You are saying, all right, we're going to do this, but I'll be able to take this and enhance my lifestyle. You can also do that, folks, uh, for things like charitable donations and things Mm -hmm. that you want to do. You know, some of the wealthiest people in the world will say, I'm going to make a commitment of giving away 10 or 15 percent of my income. And in five years, I want to be able to give away a million dollars to my, to my favorite charitable organization. Well, what does that tell you? If a million dollars is 10%, it tells you what your business needs to achieve to be able to have enough money where, where 10% is a million dollars. And, and if that drives you personally, if that animates you more than simply the work of the job, well, dynamite. Go for it, but it should always be a measured approach. That's what you're talking about.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the other piece to think about is you might want to take out for charitable giving or for a boat, whatever that is for you. But at the end of the day, if you've got one revenue line and you've got one, one or two customers that make up 30, 40, 60% of the income from that, maybe you want to step back and know maybe I need to diversify. My customer profile a little bit to be thinking if I really want to accomplish that in five years, what happens if one of those customers falls out? What if one of those customers sells? What if one of those customers goes out of business? All of a sudden, you've got 20 or 30 percent of that revenue you were counting on to give that charitable donation or buy that boat. That's gone. Right. So let's, let's be thinking strategically. I, I feel like it's that one goal out there to give 10%, like you said, or buy the boat, like I right. said. And then you have to work backwards. What's plan A? What's plan B? What's plan A? What's plan B? And work, work yourself all the way back. So you always have a plan in place to get to that long-term goal.
2: Backup plans. Let, let me. Go back right real quickly and say that as, as Alicia's talking about the income state and how it relates to the balance sheet, remember something. We're always measuring ourselves in the form of net worth, asset value. Our goal is to own Assets. That's important. So a balance sheet is assets minus liabilities tells you what the business actually owns in the form of, of equity. So when you think about that, remember that if you're taking your money and you're spending on, th- on things like we've just described, and, and you, you have to recognize that what you hear in the world from people who are employees, you know, or maybe even their salespeople, and those people look, it's all about lifestyle to them. And, and you're not going to convince them otherwise because everybody they know thinks that way. But the reality is when you're putting those money into things like a boat, like a, like a new Mercedes or whatever. These are all declining assets. These, these assets not only don't produce income, they don't even hold their value. They're diminishing in value. So those are not assets that are going to enhance your financial position going forward, right?
3: Absolutely. So let's talk about that quick. Let's say that we buy a piece or you buy a piece of equipment for $100,000 and you finance 70% of it. So let's say 70,000 of debt. So then in your mind, you're thinking, oh, okay, I got 30 grand here. Yep. No, you don't. Because once a piece of equipment is used, you sell it for a lot less than what you bought it for. And depending on the market, you might even sell it for less. Absolutely. Or if people know you have to get rid of it, you'll sell it for even less. And so I think that the point there is it might have a 25-year value to you. Some machine shops, they keep equipment forever. That's fantastic. That's worth value as long as you're entity is operating and that's why diversifying that the receivables and diversifying your customer base is so important because that machine that piece of equipment holds its value if it's working for you if you have if you have to sell it or i have to sell the bank has to sell it not worth it anymore
2: that's that's just it folks you know and that's a that's a there's a term known as bank rate and what that really means is, folks, if you've ever driven by a bank and seen a car in the parking lot for two weeks, what that probably means is that, that vehicle has been repossessed. And when you go in, if you see that car and you're, you know, and you're smitten with that car. Let me guarantee you, when you go into that car, you do not plan to pay full market price for it. That bank needs to liquidate that thing. And it means that when a, when, when it's bank rate, when a bank takes something back in the form of, of, a, of a foreclosure like a house or the repossession of a car, they got to dump it. And that means that the value that you think this thing is worth is not near as much as what the bank is putting a value on. So here you are thinking it's got 30% equity, as Alicia just talked about. And the bank knows that, in fact, the way it works is the minute that you purchase something new and transfer the title, it goes to the secondary market, and instantly it's worth way less. And that 20 or 30% equity you think you have just evaporated should the bank ever need to take that back. So when you think about them giving you a loan and their strength of equity position should something go wrong, they're immediately saying, how are we going to get our money back? That's yes. why they want 20 and 30% down. Or
3: or sometimes even more, to be honest with you. And a lot of it goes back. I I was just having this conversation at the end of the day with Craig, who's a villager yesterday. And we were talking about a loan. And we're, it's a, it's a restaurant loan. And you'd go, Oh my gosh, restaurant right
2: now. 90% failure rate.
3: Yeah. You know what? It's in our backyard. We know the new ownership. We know his history with a big franchise. We know what he's putting in and where he got that money from. And the last part of the conversation Craig and I had was, and I mean, look at his experience. This is his management experience. He talked about if this happens, he'll do X. If he talked about if this happens, he'll do Y. And it's all about management and going in and knowing your banker and having Yeah, the relationship. A plan. All like about the relationship. Said, yeah, it's charitable versus, you know, are you going to do 10% charity or buy the boat? But what's plan A and plan B? Plan A and plan B. And this person who has a restaurant and, oh my gosh, you know, in this economic times right now, we are still saying, absolutely. He knows exactly what he's doing. We'll get behind that all day. And oh, by the way, we'll use 7A to do it to help him out because he'll get six months of payments.
2: Let's distinguish that. Another person could come in with the exact same proposal without the relationship, without the experience, and might very well not get that same loan.
3: Absolutely. I mean, the last thing a banker wants to hear today is, I've always wanted to own a restaurant.
2: Right. right i oh, mean man.
3: okay you know i've always wanted a unicorn that's probably not gonna happen right and and gosh Craig, definitely shouldn't finance me if i find one and so i think that it's yes it's not what you've always wanted to do it's what do you know what can you prove what have you thought about have you done the income statement and balance sheet have you looked at it every which way
2: so when you when when I look at this Alicia and I and I'm sitting with my client and oftentimes and I do mean often because I do classes and I'll bring this up and I attain clients as a result, I'll say when you go to get a loan do you know what the underwriting standards are? Do you know how you'll be looked at? And have you been positioning yourselves for two years in advance? Because often, as a business owner, they're going to look at two years' worth of your financials. So you have been positioning all along to ensure that your business transparency, the financials, look the way they need to look to qualify for that loan. Do you do that? Or do you instead go in, dump your stuff up on the on the desk of the loan officer, And say, can I close in 30 days? Which one is it? The first one or the second? And there lies the issue of understanding how you're going to be perceived and how to position yourself to look attractive for financing. Hey, man, you go out dating, you try to make yourself look attractive. Yet when you want two, five, hundred thousand, a million dollars in financing, you don't make yourself look attractive, much less even know how you should. And that's what this is all about. So when you think about the income statement from a from a, a business or banking perspective, from my perspective, I look at the revenue coming into the business and I say, okay, at least we got something to work with, you know, even if your profitability sucks relative to the amount of revenue that you have coming in. You've got a low ratio. You're only making 8%, 6%, 10%. Well, but at least we've got a revenue stream to work with. And so consequently we can improve operational costs in between there and improve profitability. So that's, that's that component of it. The balance sheet, the balance sheet is all about the fact that there is or there is not collateral that can be used to lend upon and to expand that business. How do you make your money? Well, Alicia just brought up the fact that you may think you're doing fabulous, but you're... Your business volume or revenue is predominantly taken up by one client that's eating up 70% of what you bring in. Now, the sad news is for most people, they believe that if things are going well, they'll always go well, and that that client will always be your client because you play golf with them once every two or three months. Let me tell you, money's money, business, business. It's not like that. And when when I look at it, and when Alicia and the bankers at Village look at it, and any other banker for that matter, they see enormous volatility. They see... That You could lose 70% of your revenue stream, and now you've taken on all of these debt obligations or financial obligations of whatever kind, and there's no way that you can support it because you don't have the cash flow or balance sheet, the equity, to be able to support that if things should go wrong. So, you know... These are the things they're looking at. Then they look at where you spend your money. Well, are you spending your money on the business, or are you spending your money on personal lifestyle items? I mean, is the business consistently in a nice, clean trajectory growing in its balance sheet year over year, or are you making more and more money but have no no more equity to speak for it within the business? And then what are the future financial needs? Are you Do you, do you have the management skills, and do you have the uh, acumen to want to build The business beyond just you and a couple people. So these are the things the bank looks at and and very likely could be contrasted against how you see the very same numbers, right?
3: Absolutely. And I would ask your banker those questions. What do they think about that? What business acumen are you missing? Right? What do they think you need to know? If there's a skill set you don't have, A, where do you go find it yourself? Or B, where, who do you need to hire? What is the business missing? Um, I would say that, you know, you brought up that 70%, uh, receivables, one customer, golf with them all the time, best friend, maybe spent Thanksgiving with them, whatever. Doesn't matter. It's not how smart you are. It, in, Let me be cautious when I say this, but sometimes it's how dumb your competition is. Just to be real frank with you, people are known to buy business. People are known to give something ridiculous because they don't understand their own income statement or balance sheet. Or they're trying to buy a piece of business. They're trying to buy business. And you know what? That might be too much for your friend, your golf buddy, to turn down. And that's why I want to be really frank. Like We've talked about this, Todd, where I actually had a customer who was in that exact predicament, and 70% of their receivables came from one client, and they had to slowly... Yeah, they diversify. Had, exactly. They brought that down to 30%. And even at 30%, I thought it was so large, but they brought it down and they started to hand some of that. They started to share that business elsewhere because they had to because they knew they needed to for the future of the company. And quite frankly, their customer understood that too.
2: Absolutely. And you know when you think about, you know, the this this static will they'll keep giving me business. I just want you to think about all the volatility in every human being's life. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets a major illness. Maybe the business passes to the next generation who now has designs on making the business more profitable to prove their worth. Or maybe the business is purchased by somebody else who immediately says we're spending too much money on materials and labor and blah 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 and then they're looking to slice everything out there, and you just happen to be one of those things when they bring competition up against you. So, I mean, these are just uh, just things that you should understand. But part of the problem, Alicia, is a lot of small businesses are created, and I know you've heard me say this before, by practitioners, mm-hmm. people who take great pride in the work or the skill or the production of the thing that the business does. And so they tend to be control freaks. And so they're not good at handing off that because to them, you know, if you want something done, you do it yourself, right? And so they're trying to do everything, and they are just simply not skilled or prepared to be able to deal with these types of things. And you know, we all know that it may take one person to take a business from one to ten million, but it takes an entirely different type of human being or a different mindset altogether to go from ten million to a hundred million. Because now you've got an organizational situation as opposed to just you know, go hard, go fast and it's just it's lost on most people
3: three words get a coach get a Todd right like (laughs) honestly I you know what I deal with this I know that Don has dealt with this it's really difficult to say I am wrong it's really difficult to say I don't know how to do that and I need to learn that but if you really want to scale your business whether it's to survive or thrive because both are important Get a coach, get a Todd, get a good banker, because you need someone to help you get there.
2: Well, in fact, you need a whole team of people. And, yeah. you, and if you're if you have the mindset of no offense, folks, uh you know, thrifty and trying to do everything inexpensively and trying to bootstrap. Look, man, that works in the beginning. But as you go along. You're going to be expected to have these people alongside of you because the numbers or at least the zeros behind the numbers get larger and it becomes a bigger issue. So you do want to have the right CPA. You do want to have the right banker. You do want to have the right relationships with people. We're going to be taking a break here. And come back, but I hope you're enjoying this. This is the perspective of a banker uh, when they're looking at your financials, as opposed to how you're looking at them. Remember again, you may have a great revenue stream, you may have broken a million or ten million or whatever, but the reality is there's more to it than that. And if you ever want to get financing to scale your business, and I've said this many times, rarely do you build a business in a, in, in a you know with a good strong upward trend. On organic growth, you almost always need to have financing. And in today's environment with low cost financing, how would you ever want to do anything but? I mean, look, if I've got a hundred grand, why do I want to take a hundred grand of operating money for the business to give me the cash flow and the security to be able to deal with the ups and down cycles of the business when I could get money from a bank at three, three and a half, four percent? crazy because if you can't make that much money on that money, well, then you shouldn't be in business in the first place.
3: Absolutely. Today's rates are a game changer for a lot of businesses as we look five and 10 years out. I mean, if you have debt, today is the day.
2: Absolutely, uh, if, they want, if they want to go to uh, check out your website, and, and by the way, there is a video that we need to uh, illuminate here that talks about all the things we're going through. How do they find that, Alicia?
3: VillageBankOnline.
2: Very good. All right, we're going to be going to commercial here. We'll come. We'll come back, and we're going to continue on talking about the balance sheet and the things that you need to know. The the income statement. How to look at your financials. How to grow your business in such a way that you are are always in a position for acquisition and growth. We will be right
0: back.
4: And in this regard, we win.
1: S-M-A, the number two, D-A-Y
2: Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arlis Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arlis Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 92 98 you're a business owner, I have an ingenious opportunity for you. It puts business owners like you in contact with other businesses to barter goods and services without cash. With over 20,000 businesses involved, chances are we have the products and services you want. Barter dollars are the same value as real dollars, so when someone buys from you, those barter dollars can be used to purchase goods and services. You can watch our video by going to thebarterguy.com or call me at 952-856-8866. Again, that number, 952-856-8866. 8866
1: You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker.
3: Stumbled out a bit and stumbled to the kitchen for myself a
1: cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life.
2: Hey, welcome back everybody. That's right. Fill up your cup of ambition. That's right. Uh, business owners are a unique breed. And, uh, th- when I say business owners, I don't mean someone who's doing a part-time gig. Uh, I, I understand that, but those folks are generally, it was just an alternative to getting a job. Business owners are a unique breed. They are, they are uh, mavericks. They are folks who want to go out into the world and take advantage of the American system and be able to create, create something significant. You know They built Legos and, and Lincoln logs when they were uh, kids, you know mm-hmm. and, and they just dig the whole idea of building this machine where all cylinders are firing at the same time. And no question, knowing your numbers is a very valuable and important component. To all of that. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to continue on here with Alicia Webb from Village Bank. She is the president, and I am so honored to have her on. And we will be doing shows that relate specifically to this financing, business. You know your your numbers, all of that every Saturday, the last Saturday of each month, you can tune in and listen to this type of conversation and i 'll tell you what these are master 's classes these are things that, although we try not to get too technical, the reality is we 're getting into areas where if you 're an employee, this is just not something you've ever even thought about now it may be very interesting maybe very intriguing but to the business owner it's everything and so this is why i know that i'll be using these these shows or podcasts in the future to be able to teach people so uh, one of the things you brought up as we had left uh, and gone to commercial was low debt structure so why don't you talk a little bit about that alicia
3: Absolutely. Today is such a great market for as you plan for the future of your business, whether you have debt today, how is it structured? Is it long term and is it fixed? That's what I would ask your banker. Is there, should I be, should I be restructuring my debt? Should, if I'm at three years left, two years left. Five years left, is there a way to go to five years, seven years, ten years with a fixed rate? Because we're never going to get debt cheaper than we are today. And if we do, oh my, are we all in trouble, right? Debt is cheap today. So structure that long term. If you don't have debt today, look towards the future. Look at your balance sheet. Look at your income statement, your revenue lines, and say, is there anything else we need to be thinking about for the future? Any investments I need to be making in the company, which could include equipment. It could include people. It could include space. It could include equity, liquidity, right? Line of credit for the future. So maybe... Huge one right there. Absolutely. Because, you know, might need it to survive. You might need it to thrive. And both are important as you forecast for the future. And when you need it,
2: you won't be able to get it. Absolutely. So get it now. That is so
3: true. And, I, you know, it seems so counterintuitive and it seems negative when I say that. But I'm not lying. You won't get it when well, you see need that,
2: get it. Well, see, that's the thing. We, we, you look, this is Minnesota after all. <laughs> and everybody wants to own everything and owe nobody anything. And they don't understand, you know, I'll just make a point. 70% of the bankruptcies in America would be averted if people had an additional $200 in cash flow per month. $200. And that, as it grows, the debt grows. Well, guess what? In a business, it's not dissimilar from that. Having cash flow, having money, you know, so many people, Alicia, will take everything every extra dollar they have in their business operating account to pay down their debt more quickly. Well, now they have no money to survive. And great, you don't owe these people money, but your business goes out of business nonetheless, because you have no money to operate with. So you really have to be intelligent about how you do this. Now, when she talks about loans, Remember, there's rate. Is the rate guaranteed for a particular period of time? It might balloon in three years or five years or whatever it happens to be, but it might actually be amortized, meaning as though it's going to be paid off in 20 years. So the amount of principal is less as though you're paying it off, but it may balloon every three years or Mm -hmm. five years. So there's a lot involved in financing and as she calls it, the terms, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly. So be thinking about that. You might have a 10 year term, but it might, the rate may adjust every three years or halfway through the note at five years. You may have a 10 year term, but it might be a 20 year AM or a 25 year AM, which means your payments are what it would look like if it was paid off in 25 years. So when that debt comes due in 10 years, you still have debt that's coming do you have debt that you have to pay and you have to figure out where's my business gonna be in 10 years and what position am I gonna be in this for the bank to redo that note to to do that note for you again right these are important pieces that you have to be thinking about when you think of today's revenue streams and how your company is making money today Do you have a management team to keep doing that how old is your management team do they have the experience and skill set do you even want to be working in 10 years If not, who's going to buy it? Who's going to take it over? What does that look like? Well, they have the financial means to get you off of that bank guarantee. There's all these questions to be thinking about. And so making sure that you can get a fixed rate today, not on a line of credit, but I'm talking that term note for equipment, that term note for a building, that term note for inventory. If you can get that today. My suggestion is to get it because it's it's cheaper money. The rate is cheaper than it was before. The rate, I mean, rates have been going down. They're eventually going to go back up. With When I talk about those SBA payments. (laughs) Maybe sooner
2: than later, folks.
3: Yeah, and when we talk about those SBA payments for the next six months or all this PPP money that's out there, remember, someone has to pay for that. Rates are going to go up. There has to be inflation in our market eventually. So see what you can fix now.
2: And take advantage of them by September because that's as it stands now when the opportunity ends.
3: Yeah, and I think I heard Todd say something about closing a loan in 30 days. If you're looking at a 7A loan, I'm going to be very honest. That market is busy. Start thinking about it now. I know as in Minnesota we're like, September, well, that's past boating season, that's past cabin season. It is. You're going to get busy. We're going to get busy. Think about it now.
2: Right. And, and remember something else as she discusses the terms uh, with the uh, proposed supposition I guess that that you 've already got one loan or other financing or other obligations and now you want a new one so when you think about the terms that you'll be offered those terms will be based on how you look right now today in in your transparency so when I say transparency we're just talking about tracking mechanisms you know your 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 income statement your balance sheet your tax returns personal and business by the way mm-hmm. and you know these are the things that you bring to bear it isn't just i 've got an 800 credit score and the world is open to me it's not like that. It's very different. And you have to be aware how you're going to be looked at. So Take advantage of these opportunities. And, and the other thing about the, the loans that are adjustable, remember, some loans may be adjustable upon renewal every three years. Some loans may be adjustable once a year, and then what's the maximum adjustment per adjustment period? And what if there is no maximum adjustment per adjustment period, and it adjusts every single month? Whoa, is that dangerous?
3: Well, and there's 7A loans that adjust quarterly. And do you have a floor or a ceiling on that note, right? I don't think we've ever talked about floors and ceilings, but what that is is, um, let's say, prime's 3.25 today, um, and let's say you have a floor of 4%. That means that rate will not go below 4% no matter where prime goes. If you have a ceiling of 8%, that means no matter how high prime goes, you're out. you see the most you'll ever pay in a rate is eight percent so keep those things in mind ask those questions or if your banker gives you those loan documents you need to read for that you need to you need to know what you're signing floors ceilings amortization fixed rate variable rate these are all
2: questions to be asking such a great point and i i'll I'll just tell you a quick story i had a client back in the days of of the housing bubble And he had uh, an adjustable rate mortgage. Now, it was a primary mortgage, and the interest rate was very low. And those those loans were not the type of loans, you know, the the, the stated income liar's loan. It was a good loan that was only available with a really good credit score. And it started as 1% less than the going rate, which made it very attractive. And I said, you know, this could have some volatility to him when I met with him. And he said, oh, no, no, it can only go up 1%. And I'm already in a great position, blah, blah, blah. And I said, but I said, it it, it can begin to adjust at this point in time. And he said, yeah, but it's only going to be 1%. Now, here's the thing. It was a $1.3 million loan. And, mm. and this guy was a financial advisor. I won't tell you where, but you know, of course he knew everything and it was, it was, everything was fine. Well, everything wasn't fine. When it adjusted, what he didn't read in the fine print is it can adjust at this period, but it also went on to say not to be less than 7.85%. Mm. His payments went up $40,000 per year in that mm. one adjustment period. So, I mean whole point is this is not necessarily relatable but it tells you you gotta you got to look at the at the fine points and you have to always be conscious of building your business in such a way that you look attractive for financing to get the best options in terms of rates at any given time when you're always in an acquisition growing stage let's take another break here we're going to be back with alicia Webb alicia again they can see the video online they can go to your website and apply for the PPP loan or 7a loan how do they do that? At
3: villagebankonline.bank.
2: Very good. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with Alicia Webb, president of Village Bank. If you're a business owner, I have an ingenious opportunity for you. It puts business owners like you in contact with other businesses to barter goods and services without cash. With over 20,000 businesses involved, chances are we have the products and services you want. Barter dollars are the same value as real dollars, so when someone buys from you, those barter dollars can be used to purchase goods and services. You can watch our video by going to the com or call me at 952-856-8866 again that number 952-856 For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at aholawoffice.com. Again, that number 612-271-4047. Hi,
4: I'm Kimberly Naibo with the Kimberly
5: Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price, that is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to
4: 40%, while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for
5: a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnaibo.com.
0: Russell Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007 we have the tools, equipment and knowledge to properly care for your home or business we offer competitive transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects such as apartments, schools and assisted living complexes in a timely manner often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a complete list of services we provide. Please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059. Do you have enough to retire? Four convenient offices in the Twin Cities. GreatWatersFinancial.com The Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yes. Laurel and Hardy. Oh, yes.
1: Butch
4: and Sundance. That's right. Turner and Hooch.
0: Okay. Tango and Cash. Uh, all right. Starsky and Hutch. Uh, Itchy and Scratchy. Okay. okay. Batman and Robin. Got the idea. It's that every superhero needs a sidekick. That's why when Jason Walgrave needs help for his customers, he calls on Mike Overson at Leader One Financial. Find out how to get started on making your plan today at ApplyWithMike.com. Come he's super Laverne and Shirley
1: exactly
2: find Arlis Cleveland LTD Certified Public Accountants and Consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763- 786-0639 That contact information again accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-
1: 786-0639 What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP SmartSide Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the smart choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online to sma2day.com.
0: You're listening to
1: Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker.
3: And I stumble to the kitchen for
4: myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is the show. Down. If you are ambitious, if you want to build a business, if you want to build your net worth, then this is the show you want to listen to. Now, look, some of you are, are business owners, and some of you are just simply people who have jobs, but have designs or desires on building your net worth and creating a legacy and, and being just financially successful. And remember, when I say successful, I don't care that you make a million dollars a year. That's doesn't mean anything. What are your assets minus liabilities equals your net worth? What's that? Because that's asset value and that's what we're talking about here. So for those of you who are in a in a in maybe a, a high level sales position make really good money. Well look, you need to be putting money away decreasing or controlling your lifestyle costs. Because let me just tell you in my own from my own perspective, and Alicia and I just talked about this, there's a real high probability that we're going to see another bubble in the real estate market. And there is going to be opportunities. And if the and if the government does as they say, continues to control interest rates and hold them down up to twenty twenty three, what that means is we're going to have a whole lot of people selling their homes in distressed situations. Remember me talking about bank rate, the value. Uh, and those those properties are going to be purchased for less than the going rate. Interest rates are going to be low, and there's going to be very few of those properties in the, in that segment. We'll call it two to $300,000 range. And so those houses won't be for sale. They will be for rent, and the people who own them are going to be, in essence, controlling the market. That's an opportunity that's coming at you, too, that we're going to talk about here on this show.
3: Absolutely. I think how we started this show was talking about that income statement and there's the business income statement, but there's also that personal income statement and whether that personal income statement is going to buy a boat, charitable income or purchase a rental property in the future. How do you look at your personal income statement and say, how can I make sure that I've got revenue from my sales job? Let's say I've got expenses, which is my mortgage, you know, my 529 account for my kids, my grocery and gas money how do I make sure I've got net income that I can move to my personal balance sheet and hold cash, hold liquidity on my personal balance sheet so if a bubble does come when rates do start to climb, I can go out and buy that investment property.
2: Absolutely. And it's
3: not about putting 10 or 20% down because, listen, if you work at who can I pick on, a 3M or General Mills or a big target and you've never had a rental property before, you've never leased before – Don't come in and ask me in a bubble that you want to put 10% down. Come in with some real cash and and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to take this opportunity and look at the plan I made to do this. That's how you get started. And I will say, that is a great there's an opportunity coming in the market.
2: Oh, there's a tremendous opportunity Mm -hmm. coming in the market Mm -hmm. to do that. But you know, and even if you wanna buy a commercial building, remember something. Mm -hmm. when When you're trying to demonstrate your capability of making a payment on a new loan which you've never had before, they're gonna look at your financials for the last two years. You mean they're going to look at me when I didn't need the loan financially? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take the average and that assumes that you don't have a declining le- year like last year because then they're going to use the lesser year and if not, they'll average the two. Now, whatever you're paying in rent, that goes towards that debt service coverage ratio number, but then in addition to that, they're looking at the money that you earned in the form of profit and even if you transferred that personally because you're an S-Corp or an LLC with a flow-through, did you spend that money or did you save it or invest it. And if you did, then they'll use that amount too. So you've got to be conscious that if you're spending all the money you make, and the first thing you think about when you make more money is the trip to Europe, the better car, the boat, or the cabin, you're never going to get anywhere.
3: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So we're bankers. We love to look backwards. You're 100% <laughs> right. We always look backwards. We want to see three years of tax returns, personal, business, right? But let me let me put this caveat out there. SBA, so we said 7A, we have talked about 504 SBA loans, both can be used for commercial real estate to purchase owner-occupied real estate we can, with those programs, forecast forward and say, listen, Todd has this business, this manufacturer, and he's building these widgets and actually these widgets we know are gonna grow and he's gonna have to buy two more pieces of equipment. So he's gonna purchase a property because he needs more space. And we think with the purchasing this property, with the two more pieces of equipment, his revenue is gonna grow by 20%. So over the next three years, today, debt service coverage is one times two, meaning he can afford, if the payment is 10,000, He's making 12000 right? And in the future, it's going to continue to grow, so his debt service coverage will grow to $1.6, $1.8, or will stay steady at $1.2. As long as you can forecast that and show that from the operations of the business, that's that widget or service you have, we can use a forecast forward for a 7A real estate loan or a 504 real estate
2: loan. And remember that one of the one of the tenants for a business is that you should seek to own the space that you occupy. And a standard leveraged concept is that you are able to buy a building that is larger than what you need and consequently you have a tenant in there who might be a natural referral source which creates value for both parties and that Person is now paying off a bigger asset than your business in its monthly payment would be able to do so you know when you're a business owner and you have equipment you have real estate and you have these things when you as you build the business you have to make these payments and consequently you build equity and net worth when you go to sell your business you have two million dollars as your nest egg because you can sell that business and you have an asset that you can use to live on going forward maybe even keep the business and or sell the business keep the building and now the people who purchase Purchased your business, now pay you rent. Look, if you don't have that type of a business, you're out of detriment and you need to find a way to invest in other things. Alicia, thank you so much. How do they find you again?
3: VillageBankOnline.bank.
2: Alicia Webb, president of Village Bank. Go see him. You will not be sorry. Hope you enjoyed the show. Keep listening. These are master's classes on business and finance. You can't afford, afford to miss them. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.